Tonight we continue our study of songs that we sing. Uh, we've looked at various ones uh, in the last few weeks, and we're going to carry that on. We want our focus on a song. Uh, we want to focus our song on a song tonight designed to teach and admonish uh, us, as we read just a moment ago in Colossians three and verse sixteen. Each song we sing before in any service that we are in as together as God's children, we want those songs to teach us. We want those songs to admonish us and lift us up as we sing about heaven, as we sing about different things of being a Christian, it should lift us up. That's what singing should do, and that's why it's so important that everyone sing. Uh, if we don't sing, it's hard to admonish one another. Uh, when we fail to do that. But tonight, it's a, a spiritual song, um, and the song title tonight that we're going to be looking at is Angry Words. Oh, let them never. Kind of goes along with, um, there's a big old bug just crawled right up here. He just ceased. Um, I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm very ADHD. If anything's going on around me, I cannot pay attention. And he was just crawling right around here. Um, but anyway, he's no longer with us. Uh, so again, angry words. It goes right along with the series that uh, Brother Gossip will be bringing back to uh, this coming Sunday, the first Sunday of each month, as he's been with that and uh, as far as our speech and things that we say and do and different things uh, with the tongue. But we know little, uh, little of the background of this song. It is written by one with the initials DBK uh, and originally put to music by H.R. Palmer, who also composed and wrote the song Yield uh, to Temptation. Now the song number, if you want to follow along, you may have already found it, is number 38, or excuse me, 37 in our book. Uh, and we will sing it at the end of the, the lesson, just like we do each week. So if you want to follow along with those words, but again, he wrote the, the uh, song Yield to Temptation as well. The arrangement we have is a four-part harmony is by Will Slater, actually, of this song, who was actually a member of the Lord's Church. The song is nearly 150 years old and first appeared, now notice this, it first appeared, this song first appeared with six verses rather than the three that we see today and also with a different tune. Uh, the originality of this song was a different tune as, as we know it even uh, today. So tonight we want to examine the text of this song and beginning with verse one, we see angry words... Oh, let them never. Verse 1 deals with self-control. Now, when we think about self-control, we most of the time think about controlling oneself with anger. Controlling oneself's actions. We know through different studies that getting angry is not a sin. 
but it's what we do when we get angry. That's the key. Our Lord got angry. But it's how we react and we respond is where the sin comes in with being angry. So verse 1 deals with the self-control that is necessary to control the tongue or anything in life. Every sin that you and I commit involves to some degree our self-control. You think about it. Every sin that we possibly could commit, we can tie it back to some need or somewhat of self-control or the lack of self-control. We need self-control. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23 it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, or kindness, goodness, faith, or faithfulness, and meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. We need self-control. We need to be able to exhibit those things. And we need to be able to be long-suffering and have, be a peaceful person in, in our lives. And have that self-control. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says, so if you want to turn there with me. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 goes along with that same, uh, same thought in, in self-control. So if you go to verse 5, it says, besides this, all, give all diligence, add to your faith and your faith supply virtue and virtue knowledge. And you go on to knowledge and temperance and temper, patience and patience and godliness. And then, then you look and you have brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness charity. One version uses the thought of self-control in those scriptures. So again, we could go to 1 Corinthians 9 and 27 and see the same thought. So every one of us, through Scripture, as we know, the fruits of the Spirit and, and all these things, all of that contains or needs to be shown in self-control. Having that self-control with every aspect of our life, especially our tongues. The children that I teach often in the educational world, I got right in on it, didn't I? Um, we, uh, a lot of times we have children who, uh, and you've seen this probably with your own children, that just blurt out. In a conversation, whatever they are, or whatever, they're just going to blurt out and say something. And some kids can't help that. Uh, it's an impulsivity part of their, um, maybe a disability they have, or whatever the case may be. But often in my world, in the behavior world, in which the emotional part I work with children and things with, we take a picture of a big mouth with a big old tongue sticking out of it. And we use that to deter or control what we call blurt outs. If I go into a classroom to do an observation in a general ed setting, whatever the case may be, I'm, a lot of times if that's one of the things that uh, the teachers are having issues with with children, I'll count how many blurt outs that they will show in a 10 or 10 minute period. And you know, if they get 20 or 10 in a 20 minute period, you take an every, every 10 minutes and they've got 10, uh, that's well over 100 just in, a, just in an hour or so. So 
uh, we use that. Sometimes I think we as Christians, and we use those blurt outs that, oh, when the child sees that, he says, oh, I spoke when I shouldn't be. Sometimes I think we as Christians need that, don't we? We may need that pictorial, that picture to say, oh, there's my big old mouth coming in there again. Because uh, I struggle with that as well. I know it's just as you are. Angry words, oh, let them never. From the tongue, unbridled slip. You and I, we understand full well the dangers of the tongue. If we don't, we need and to go and read uh, the book of James uh, again. James speaks to that, especially in chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. He gives that great description of the th things concerning the tongue and how the bridle, the, we, the, you go in verse 2, it says, For many things we offend all, but if any man offend or stumbleth not in word, the same is perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And he talks about ships. And he talks about the tongue being a little member, but it boasteth great things in verse 5. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, or much wood, if you will. Tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, he says in verse 6. And he goes on and, and it talks about it, uh, how the members that files the whole body and setteth uh, on fire the course of nature. Every kind of beast and birds man can tame, but no man can tame the tongue. And as you go all the way through verse 12, we see the comparison that James writes about that. And he tells us the damage that our tongues can do. And also how difficult it is to control. It also describes the mastering to control of the tongue. So the song that we're looking at tonight begins by reminding us of the resolve that you and I should have, ought to have, to ensure that we do not sin with our words by speaking in anger. Now when you go look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it tells us not to sin in our anger. It says, be angry and sin not. Let the sun not go down on your wrath. A great warning. There are many proverbs in the Bible that teach us about these angry words. These words and the dangers of them of the uncontrolled tongue and the blessings of mastering it. If you and I can ever learn to master our tongue, we've done a great thing, hadn't we? We have. It's very difficult in the worlds in which we live often. But notice... As I read to you what Proverbs 15 and verse 1 and 2 says, a soft answer turns away wrath. How many times in your life have you been able to use that or remember to use that? That's the key. We know it exists. <clears throat> I know it works because I've, done, I've been able to do it a few times. That a soft answer turns away wrath. What does that mean? What does that teach you and I? that when a person comes to you and says something very cutting or very ugly or very sharp, 
that scripture teaches us that we should return a soft answer. Sometimes I've even said, I'm sorry that you're so angry. But what's our first reaction? Our first reaction is to say, you're not going to talk to me that way. And we say something back, don't we? A lot of times homes and marriages experience this. Even sadly, we see sometimes in the Lord's church how these things can get us in trouble. But he goes on, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word, you see the difference that he's saying here? A harsh word stirs up anger. When we, when we fire back, it angers that person that much more. But we, we have to put away our pride a lot of times. Now, I'm not saying we let people run over us, but what I'm saying is sometimes that soft answer will, will take and do away with a lot of problems that will occur because of that anger. But notice what he says in verse 2 of Proverbs 15. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pour forth foolishness. In the same book, Proverbs 10 and 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Proverbs 17, 28, and 29. He who has knowledge agrees or spares his words, and a man of understanding of a calm spirit, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts up his lips, he is considered perceptive. So the song says, angry words, oh, let them never from the tongue unbridled slip. May the heart's best impulse ever check them ere they soil the lip. Self-control, this, this word, this song is teaching us self-control. And it's a matter of will. You know, often it's been said, we do what we want to do. How true is that? We do what we want to do. There have been times in my life that my speech has not always been seasoned with salt. I've not always spoken wholesome words. And in that thought, or in that with that said... I learned the same thing that I just put out. We do what we want to do. A man says, I can't help. I can't help it if I curse. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. We do what we want to do. I can't help it if I speak my mind and it hurts people's feelings. Yes, you can. We have to think about what we say before we say it. And when we get to that point in our life, we have grown and matured a whole lot. Now again, there are times when we have to say things to our children and to other people to get their attention, and, and, but we can do it in the right kind of loving way. Rather than hurting someone's feelings, uh, sometimes I think those feelings need to be hurt, um, but not every day. If someone has to say about you, well, that's just how they are, we have to live with it. There's a problem. There's a problem, a great problem. We do what we want to do. 
We are told out of Matthew 12 and verse 34 that what one speaks, now notice this, what one speaks is a product of the heart. If we have a problem with profanity or we have problems with dirty jokes or we have a problem with uh, losing our anger or losing our temper and saying things or what I say, secondhand cussing. There's a lesson, there's a sermon on that I hope to bring one day. We have a heart problem because our scripture tells us and our Lord says that what comes out of this is what's in our spiritual heart. I'll have to point there, not our physical heart. So it's a great lesson for us. David understood this thought when you go to the book of Psalms in chapter 14, verse 1 through, uh, or 141, I'm sorry, 141 in verses 3 and 4. He says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing. To practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies. The Bible is full of those warnings concerning the heart and concerning the tongue. Proverbs 21 and 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. It's a great warning to us. A lot of my troubles and a lot of my issues in life is for my lack of not controlling my tongue, my heart. If I would just, you ever said that? You ever said if I just kept my mouth shut, I wouldn't have to deal with this. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're all not that way. I am. Uh, I have said, said that many times. But what about verse 2? What about verse 2? It says, love is much. To pure and holy. Verse 2 describes the motives that will help us control our tongues. Christian love and friendship. In our Bible class this morning, we talked about David and Jonathan. And being best friends. And how Jonathan listened to David, and he didn't have to, but he did. And, and, and I challenge you in our homes and, and in, uh, <clears throat> with your wives and husbands and children and, and things to stop and listen to what they're saying. Our spouse deserves that, whether it be man to woman or woman to man. They deserve to be listened to. And often we men, we don't take the time to do that. Love is the attitude that will govern, now listen to this, love is the attitude that will govern what we say and how we say it. Each husband and each wife, each child, grandma, grandpa here tonight knows that we can put a tone to our voice and our spouse or our family knows that we're not happy. Now, you know that. I know that, too. I've got that. I can say or I can look a certain way, 
and everyone around me knows. And we have to guard against that. We cannot tonight emphasize the importance of Christian love enough. It's the motive behind all of our thoughts and our actions. But the question is, do we truly care enough to sacrifice what is best? 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 through 7 describes love at its best, the attitude of love. If we should take the time just to study that text alone, 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 through 7, and we would seek to develop these characteristics in our love, we would best, be best likely to sin with the tongue. If every person would go home and read that tonight and put that in practice in your life just this week, we would develop those things like God wanted us to. Love is much too pure and holy, the song says. Jesus said that the greatest command was to love God, and the second greatest was to love your neighbor as yourself, Matthew 22 and 37 through 39. You think just for a moment, have you considered the Ten Commandments and all the laws of God? Where all of those were actually based upon these two commands. You can connect all of those commands, those Ten Commandments, to those scripture. It is a greater, it is greater than faith and hope. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13. The song goes on to say, friendship is also or too sacred for. You see, friendships grow out of godly love toward one another. Proverbs 17 and verse 17 speaks to that and says that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. You go on in the book of Proverbs in chapter 18 and verse 24. A man who has friends must himself, what? Be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs goes on to, to give us warning, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man do not go lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Proverbs 22 and 24 and 25. Proverbs gives us great warnings. For a moment's reckless folly thus to desolate and mar. Friends, it only takes a moment of foolish speech to do its damage. It only takes a few words. Now I'm going to tell you, every person here tonight <clears throat> can think of at some point, someone, somebody, maybe spouse to spouse, family to family, family member to family member, someone at work, someone in the Lord's church. We can recall, we may have forgiven that person but we can recall pretty much probably word for word what was said to us. That's the effect that the tongue and the words that come from our mouth have on people. When we hurt people with those words, it's there. We do not have the human capability to erase them completely. 
That's why it's so important that we really, really think about what we say before we say it. Especially to our brothers and sisters, especially to our spouses and our families. There are families who have members who haven't spoken to each other in years. Why? Because of something that was said. That's the effect that our words have on other people. Verse 3. Angry words are lightly spoken. Verse 3 describes the damage that angry words and a loose tongue can do. And we're again reminded of James chapter 3 and verses 6 through 12 that we looked and looked at just a moment ago and it describes the damage the tongue can do. Angry words are lightly spoken. Do we truly think about what we say? That's again the claim I'm making tonight. Do we truly think about what we say? Proverbs 10 and verse 19, Solomon writes, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Ecclesiastes 5 and 2, Do not be rash with your mouth. Let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore let your words be few. We've often said, I mentioned it this morning, that's why God gave us two ears, right? To do more listening. That's why he just gave us one mouth, to do less talking. Let your words be few. An angry man stirs up wrath, as we mentioned just a moment ago. The song goes on to say, the bitterest thoughts are rashly stirred. Are we in control? Regrettable actions. Ephesians 4 and 25 and 26, if you remember, it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And some of the best advice that I can give to young couples and even in marriage counseling that my wife and I do together often and even to this group tonight, never, never go mad, bed at, to bed and to sleep mad at one another. With a problem that exists as we go to bed, we sleep on it and we're not so disturbed about it when we wake up the next morning. But you know what happens? Is that problem goes unaddressed. And now it is this big. And when it goes unaddressed, it becomes this big. Until the next time it comes up that you don't deal with it and you say, oh, I've got too much to do. I've got homework with the kids. I got this. I got that. I got to go work. I got to get ready. I got to iron my clothes. Got to wash my clothes. And you don't deal with it. You sleep on it. You get back up the next morning. Good morning, honey. How are you? Great day. And it gets a little bit bigger before it gets so big that we can't handle it. And it tears our homes asunder. Bitterest thoughts are rashly stirred. Brightest links of life are broken. All the dam damage an angry and uncontrolled tongue can do. It can ruin and damage friendships and families and relationships. It can divide churches. And it causes distrust between two people. 
It can even lead to killing. And the list goes on. Proverbs 16 and 27 and 28 says, An ungodly man digs up evil, and it's on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Sometimes, I've often said, sometimes things just need to go unsaid or unrepeated. Sometimes we know things that may have happened. We may think they're true or we may not know they're true. Sometimes we just need to not repeat them. That would be a great lesson learned. But brightest links of life are broken. Broken how? What does the song say? By a single angry word or world, the will, the world, and the world we live in. It doesn't take much. Have you ever said something in anger only to wish immediately that you could take it back, but it's too late? It has been said, and the damage is done. The chorus of the song is very short. It says, Love one another, thus saith the Savior. John 13, 34, and 35. If you love me, keep my commandments. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19, to know the love that passes knowledge. Love not the word only, but in deed and in truth. 1 John 3 and 18. And the chorus says, Love one another, thus saith the Savior. Children, obey your Father's blessed command. And you and I tonight are the children of God, and we don't need to forget that. Loving God means loving one another. And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, 1 John 5 and 3. May we tonight, as we sing this song, and any time we sing it, be reminded of the importance of loving one another. And may we resolve to do this, as the song says. Oh, how much more peaceful things could be if we would only mind our tongues and love one another. Let's sing the song tonight as we get ready to close. <clears throat> Number 37.
So tonight, as we sung that song, I hope that that has helped you to think more about the song that we, when we sing that, angry words. The words that we speak have power. The words that we speak in the Lord's church have power. I often encourage in the educational world of all the things that are said to our children at school by our teachers and our staff to be kind. Sometimes the kind word that you speak is the only kind word sometimes children hear or even an adult may hear. And I think that's a great, great lesson for us to learn is to be kind in our words and speak with love and compassion for one another and be that one that helps people feel better by things that we say. I know Miss Rachel in her class, she tells her kids every day before they go home that she loves them. You know, sometimes that may be the only time that that child hears the words, I love you. I work with children on a daily basis that do not know how to say, I love you back. They don't know how. And you say, well, how is that possible? It's possible, believe me. I literally have children who cannot say, I love you back because they don't know how. They've never heard it. That's the world that we're living in. And you say, well, how can any parent go without ever saying, I love you? They do, believe me. And sometimes the only I love you, these kids here, and especially sometimes adults, is from we who are Christians. Tonight, maybe you haven't spoke the kindest words, I don't know, in your everyday lives to each other, to coworkers, family, friends, whoever it may be. Maybe that's something you struggle with. You can find forgiveness for that, but maybe there's other things in your life you need to uh, repent of and confess tonight. We encourage you to do that, to let us pray for you and pray with you. Maybe you need to become a Christian tonight and be added to the body of Christ. We encourage that, to be called a child of God. So tonight, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand as we sing.